1: Parables and Stories from Luke. That's the title of our series here on Truth for Today, as Pastor Phil Howard takes us through some amazing passages of Scripture. Join us, won't you? recorded for us here in the book of Luke are some amazing parables we find in no other gospel and some amazing stories as well. We're looking at some of those highlighted parables and stories found in Luke's gospel. We would invite you to join us today here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Today we turn our attention to Luke chapter 8 as we take a look at the parable of the sower and the soils. Join us, won't you, as we examine God's Word that we might grow in grace. Here's Pastor Phil Howard with today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
2: I want to tell you, I've I've answered many an altar call in my life. I think the first time I went to the altar to be saved, I was probably seven years old. Guess what? I didn't get saved. I shed a lot of tears and I went forward. I thought I was doing the right thing. It just the seed just didn't take and I'd last, oh, at least a week. Then I'd be back to my old ways. Then I went to another altar call. let's see, Berkeley, California. My dad used to run a mission down on San Pablo Avenue in Berkeley. Oh, I went to the altar in that church, oh, several times. And I'd get down there and say, I got it. About another three days, I'd be cussing, stealing, doing my old thing. I said, no, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. It never took. Six months later, I came back, repented that night in a meeting. Got it before the church, just felt led. I was 14 and a half. I've been sinning. I've been failing. I thought I got saved six months ago. I can't live it. I told the whole church my faults. I just keep worshiping out. Please pray for me. I can figure this thing out. Guess what? I can't explain it. From that night on, I've never looked back. It's something. Something took. Something took. But being moved in the service and needing a handkerchief and crying and and, and going forward, none of that saved me. Finally, the seed got beyond shallow response, emotional response. Uh, Oh, well, well, we believe they were saved. They went forward. That didn't save anybody. Oh, and you Baptists love to get me because I don't make altar calls very good. Because I've seen so many folks never got saved anyway. And I will make an invitation if God pushes me, but you know what saves is this word penetrates. And you embrace the Savior and you believe right where you are. If you want to come forward, that's fine. But many times we're counting all the heads. Oh, we had ten saved this morning. We didn't have anyone saved necessarily. We had a lot of folks going through a divorce. We had a lot of folks in pain. A lot of folks in emotion. Now it may be the real thing, but guess what proves it? Do they last? Where is brother so-and-so? Well, I don't think he's a brother. How would you know he washed out too soon? This God we have, you don't wash out. Well, I, I thought, well, yeah, I know it. There's only one of these soils that is saved. Because Christ, when he's the teacher, always says, you shall know them by their fruit. For no one that knows me remains barren. I will always see there's fruit. John 15, Matthew 7. When Jesus is the teacher, not you, he says, who I save will be fruitful. Maybe be thirtyfold, maybe sixty, maybe a hundred, but there will be fruit. This plant never comes to fruition. Yeah, I think of the story of Dwight Dale Moody. One time he's walking down the street in Chicago and he saw a man that I was in the gutter and obviously had been drunk and was in a poor state. And the man yelled out to Moody, Mr. Moody, Mr. Moody. And he said, yes, sir. He said, I'm one of your converts. And Moody said, you must be. For if you were Christ, you wouldn't be in that condition. You must have been my convert. But when Christ converts you, he'll deliver you from drink. Get you out of the gutter, give you a new life, and put you on the path of righteousness. Yes, you are my convert. That's why you're not changed. There's a lot of preachers got followings, that, and that does not necessarily mean they're following Christ. It's just got a fan club. Well, then he talks about the seed that was choked. Three things choked it. Worries about this life, riches of this life, and pleasures of this life. You see how all three enemies of the believer destroy? The devil destroys the first seed. The second seed is probably the flesh, because it says in Luke, when persecutions, and Mark, when persecutions come, their shallowness is revealed. When their flesh is under threat, they bail out. And here we've got the world, the flesh, and the devil wrapped up in the riches of this world, the pleasures of this world. Just got too many of these things going to really ever come to fruitfulness. And these thorns just jump in those seeds and they get them. Man, I need you for money. You need pleasure. You you need stuff. You need this. And all these rival competitors keep going for the heart. And pretty soon it grabs the soil, grabs the time. And pretty soon you said, I wanted to be a Christian. It felt like the right thing, but I cannot walk with this Christ. It costs too much. Even as the young ruler who walked off and said, I'd rather be rich in time and poor for eternity than to follow Christ. And so he died and like a rich man went to hell without God. You see, the sower has many competitors. The seed is under great stress. Shallowness, thorns, birds of the air, Too many people have trampled over the soil of your heart so that what used to be plowed up soil has become hardened, dead, dirt, cement, so that you hear sermons, but you no longer hear God. You set through services, but you no longer hear the voice of eternity. You've learned to endure the sermon. You've learned to build, put up a shelter somehow Why you would attend this church week after week and do that. The only way I would know is the devil's telling you stay religious enough so you can go to hell smelling like religion, but you're still lost. The s- seed must be embraced, held onto, so that fruit springs out of your life choked to death, you cannot love the world and the Father at the same time. You cannot serve God and money. God will not be prostituted. There is one God and him only, and him only shall you serve with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. He wants all of you, and you must have all of him. And then uh, uh, the responsive heart. I think of the first one we have the hard heart, we have the shallow heart, the choked heart, and now we come to the responsive heart. And what do they do? This soil is said to be excellent, and it does three things uh, it holds fast to the word, it's a strong word. It means to not bail out, it means perseverance. And then it uses a word they're patient with this seed. Uh, and that, that is, they remain under pressure. It's a little word, money. We commonly see it in the Bible. But they get a patient. They're persevering. They're patient in, in, in the growth period. No bailing out when a trial comes. No bailing out for this. No excuse about, I've got to get riches. I've got to get money. i got to have fun. They're patient on this word and on this growth process. They remain under whatever pressure. You know, when you put that seed under the soil, it's a miracle that that which outweighs it by a thousand times will not keep the seed from sprouting. The germs that are in that seed, when the Creator says the right word and we're coming to spring, all through the weight and the pressure and the tonnage, in comparison, that little seed's light. And you put maybe a pound of dirt, two pounds, it doesn't have a chance. Oh, the life The life of the seed will be able to withstand the pressure of the dirt. And it will pop up to that soil. And it will come up. And there's just some folks says, man, they won't get saved. It's too hard to be a Christian there. The seed in the heart can withstand anything. Our brothers just come back from Bangladesh, where it's tough to be a Christian. may cost you your life, not many riches, not much of this world's popularity. Nobody should be getting saved there. When your life could be killed, when 99% of that population is hostile to your faith. Why? Do hard times and persecution, keep true believers going because this seed they hold on with all their life. They're not drag-up artists. Good fruit will be born. Uh, Warren Wiersbe said this, It is important to note that none of these first three hearts underwent salvation. The proof of salvation is not listening to the Word, Or having a quick emotional response to the word. Or even cultivating the word so that it grows in a life. The proof of salvation is fruit. For as Christ said, you shall know them by their fruits. Be careful how you listen. Some people listen hardly at all. Some listen merely to be entertained as they heard Ezekiel. Some listen in order to find fault. Some listen in order to hear God. What kind of response have you given the Word of God? I want to say something that uh, I think would be interesting for us to think about. When you look on the human race, and you were going to find the most likely place where the soil would be in a condition to receive the Word of God, where do you think the most likely place would be? Let's say Wall Street. Wall Street brokers and bankers. What kind of soil do you think that is normally? Well it come under the thorny. Pleasures, money, riches, wealth dominates these men. That's what they're about. You've got to break into that. Did you know according to God's word, God does save the rich? but it is a miracle above the ordinary miracle because it's like getting a camel through the eye of a sewing needle. God says it. Jesus said it. It is hard to save a rich man. Now, what's scary is after you've gone to Bangladesh and you come back here, you're looking at a bunch of rich people if you lived in Bangladesh. Everybody drives their own car. Did you get here in your own car? How many of you just walked to church? How many of you walk on dirt floors? Anybody have carpet in your house? Anybody just? When, when I was a kid, you know what was the big event of the year? Every summer, we would get new linoleum in the front room. Linoleum. Anybody ever walk on linoleum? I just put in new carpets about third time in 29 years. And It's stupid. Because I let you in and you just dirty it. You don't take off your shoes. Good night. Where's your manners? I am suspicious throughout history. Help me now. George Barnes said the greatest legacy we can have is to reach children between the age of 5 to 12. For he says it is in that critical period that all their values and character will be developed and they just live it out in the teen years. And you know what? In churches, guess where churches put a lot of their money? A lot of times they put it with adults. Kids are a mess. Kids are work. Kids are, guess what? It might be the best soil we can sow in. Or do we need to get them up here, they're 30 years old, they're into drugs, and they're into this, and, and sin, because sin tramples on the heart. Lots of sin makes you hard. Lots of sin gets you obstinate. Lots of sin makes that, service. you can't reach me. We know we can't. You're going to hell unless God in mercy some way can break up the hardness of your heart. He may have to kill your children, nearly kill you. I don't know what it would take. Something's got to plow you under to ever get you to receive this word. I don't know what it is. And that's why he said some sow, some water. And I think he ought to say some break up, break up hard ground. Our area is a hard ground area. It's a non-Bible belt. It's drugs. It's sex. It's homosexuality. It's making money. It's the fast. Busy. You know why services get less attended? We're busy. We're busy. We're going faster nowhere. We got a life to live. We can't be serving kids in church. I can't sign up for nursery. I can't work with children. I'm a busy man. I make good money. Oh, and where will it be, and where will your children be when you die of a heart attack at 52 years of age? just saw my dentist last week. He said, man, a buddy just died, 52, heart attack. Who, who was God not to tell us he's going to take him? I'm telling you, the treasures around us are these little guys that nobody but our volunteers, which are 175 people. Thank God for them. That says, we better reach them soon. Don't wait till the, you know what's tough? Let me tell you something about kids. This is what's scary. Uh, When I was a kid, I could ride a bike five miles. I grew up in the Richmond Triangle. I grew up where a black gets killed. So far, we've had three or four killed this year in Richmond. I grew up in those neighborhoods. I could ride my bike five miles anywhere I wanted when I was six years old. And I did it. Has things changed? Sure, they've changed. What's happened? Sin has so penetrated and shaped our culture that kids are now as hard at age nine as it used to take them to be 15. Because the devil is successful stealing the gospel and getting his seed and his thorns sown so on MTV, condoms at school, sex for everybody, drugs for anybody who can lie, cheat, steal, and sell their body to get it. So we got nine-year-olds. I was watching TV the other night. A three-year-old was using terms like we say MF. Three years, this is on 2020. Rudeness in our culture. A little three-year-old, and mama's there watching. Isn't this cute? Three years old. I'm telling you, the soil around us is hard. Look for someone desperate. Look for someone poor. Poverty has always played into the hands of the gospel, whether you like it or not. We can't reach the rich in India easily. We have always reached the poor and the rich despise Christians. It says, yours is a faith of poor people. Guess what? The poor receive him gladly. The rich don't. A few. And I'm not preaching against money. Get all the money you can, but be sure you make it to heaven. Don't trade your soul for it. Where is the soil? And I ask you this. Have you ever become a sower Do you sow this seed? Or is this something you pay me to do? Are any of your loved ones going to hell? I got loved ones going to hell. I'm praying for grandchildren. I I got nine grandchildren, and I don't know yet if any of them are going to heaven. I have to tell God when I pray in the morning, I got to get beyond my nine grandchildren. I don't want them to go to hell. And they will go to hell just like I was unless they receive Jesus Christ. What about yours? But I, I see us Christians witnessing, you know, like an evangelism explosion. They're starting out slow because they're training, they're building, that's the philosophy. But you know what? Should not every mouth of this church who has received eternal life be engaged in sowing good news, sowing the message, sowing the message by testimony, by a Bible lesson? by whatever gifting you have, but I want to get the seed sown. Then I ask you finally, what kind of hearer have you been? Are you the uh, pathway listener that you've heard a thousand sermons and you've only gotten harder and you can't remember the gospel? I asked a man the other day in the midst of a crisis, I said, tell me the gospel. How would you go to heaven? He froze. He couldn't tell me. I said, you may not be going. If I knew the answer to one question in life, you better know I would memorize the answer how I'm getting to heaven. And there are so many ambiguous answers. If I ask you how you think you're going, do a little bit of good works, go to church a little bit, a little feel good. I don't change where I live. I'm going to keep sleeping with who I'm sleeping with. I want to keep my lifestyle. You are going to hell. I don't care how much church you got. You're going to hell until a new fruit is born in your life. 30-fold. Sixty-fold or a hundred. You can't be saved without the fruit of Christ. And this fruit, fruit is manifestation of life. Christ will manifest his life in whom he saved. But let me tell you, I've got to read you something. I'm not through, I'm just stopping. But I, I, I want to read you something. That in this day, what I see, and I wrote it down, I thought it was so good. We live in a day... In the midst of all the sentimental believing and all of this, uh, uh, oh, what I call a watering down of Christ, that uh, we've got this kind of an attitude. Today, the gospel has been lost to much of the church. The goal has been to meet your felt needs. Did you know what? Your felt need might not be your real need. You may not even feel you need God, but your real need is you need God. And that the goal of Christianity is not salvation for you, it's glory for God. We've become so man-centered. We're always trying to meet all these What about the glory of God, His righteousness, His wrath, His judgment? Can you get vertical? Enough? I don't want to be vertical. I want to be entertained. I want to be tickled. You've got to be a good speaker. You didn't use enough audio visuals today. They won't save you. Neither will the sound system. A message will save you. It's a message that changes. And we're living in a day of synthetic gospel. And I hear stuff like this because I'm sure my age, felt needs, pop religion, Christ without morals, Christ without holiness, Christ without commitment to what he loves and died to establish his church and evangelism. But I want to tell you, if it does not look like Jesus, act like Jesus, promote Jesus, it is antichrist in the name of religion. Christ without calling sin, sin. Christ without the blood of the cross. Christ without an empty tomb. is superficial, short-lived, and you have banked on an eternal, ruinous message. You must have the Christ that drops the chains off of you. You must have the Christ that bled a vicious criminal's death on a cross. I don't care what you think about the blood. We believe there's no remission for sin without blood. And I want you to know Christ is not in the tomb. He's out. I'm going to tell you the gospel sets free. If you don't think it free, you're not free. This message sets you free. Don't tell me drugs are stronger. Don't tell me sexual addiction is strong. i got to have pornography. You've never found anything better. When you find Christ, you will find the pearl of great price. You'll taste of something so great, it makes everything in this world seem like a waste of your time. I want to tell you, Christ saves. He satisfies. He said, once you drink of me, you'll never thirst again. If you eat of me, you'll never be hungry again. Don't tell me you're born again. And sin looks better than Christ. You've not met him. For to meet him is to be forever changed. If you're over here dabbling in sin, you know, I must say this. I'm so tired of you men and pornography. I'm going to throw up. Hear me. When are you going to grow up? When are you going to grow up? You're stronger than that computer. And you know what? I want to tell you this. I see some men, they're always talking pornography. And I'll tell you the way to overcome a negative bent. When you pursue true romance with Christ and you treat your wife right, you won't need to fantasize about some chick that was made up on the Internet that might not be the real thing. I'm amazed at how many guys are looking at porno and their poor wife is a dry well at home. They don't even show up to kiss her. Hang out with her. One woman with an ordinary man ought to do you for life. You couldn't handle another one if you had him. You ought to get over here. Start doing the right. Just do the right. Just do the right. Love on your wife. Love your God. And you won't always be controlled by the negative tide. It's always there. It's always there. A naked woman has always tripped up, men. That's nothing new. It's nothing new. But people who've known God have escaped a thousand temptations. And it was out of, I love something greater than what's trying to draw me away. And you'll give evidence of what kind of soil you are.
1: Simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also be able to find out more about Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, who we are, what we believe, worship times, directions, and the like. Again, truthfortodayradio.org, or again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.